the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, <clears throat> and I, with a frog in my throat, am Rob Steinbuck, filling in for Dave this Friday morning. Welcome to 101.1 FM, The Answer. Folks, as usual, we have a lot to talk about. As you already know, I am the attorney on three, yes, three cases in which government bureaucrats are violating your right to carry firearms. Three cases. The legislature has already passed laws and the governor has already signed them that say you're entitled to carry a gun in three locations, but the unelected bureau hacks are telling you otherwise. They are shackling you in a state of danger. They are telling you you're not entitled to defend yourself. Oh, don't worry, folks. They'll take care of you, right? Because we know that's what government does so well. It takes care of you. They want you like a lamb suckling on their teeth so that you are obedient, so that you do what they tell you to do, when they tell you to do it, and how they tell you to do it. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's the matrix. They want you plugged in to the matrix. I'm no battery, folks. I have my rights given to me by God. Don't believe in God? That's okay. You still have those rights. It's sort of like gravity. Don't believe in gravity? Still don't float away from Earth. It exists. What are the three cases I have? And what's the fourth I'm about to bring? Actually, four and five. I got two more coming up. So the first case that I currently have, and it's almost hard to get it out. It's so absurd. Is that Arkansas Game and Fish maintains a gun range in Mayflower. I've gone there many times, by the way. And if you want to go in and pay your $2 so that you can shoot at the gun range, there's a sign up on the office and all around, plastered everywhere you look, that says, no guns allowed in the office. 
or words to that effect. I think they call it a range house. House. Where are the bunks? They got a shower? People sleeping over? Range house. Such euphemisms. No guns allowed in the government office at the gun range. At the gun range! Seriously? Seriously. So leave your gun sitting outside. By the way, I ain't making that up. They literally have racks outside of the office that you can just leave your gun unattended. There's no rule at the gun range that you can't leave your gun unattended outside of the office. But there's a gun, but there's a rule that says you can't bring your gun in the office because it's not about you. It's not about the citizens. It's not about protecting the public. It's what the bureaucrats inside the office want. By the way, those folks inside the office, guess what they're doing? Carrying guns. So you get to walk unarmed into an environment with a bunch of folks carrying guns. Isn't that something else? Why? Because you don't matter. You don't matter. In the eyes of the bureaucrats, you don't matter. To Rob Steinbuck, you matter. To the bureaucrats, you don't matter. So we sued him. Chris Corbett and I. Chris Corbett's the plaintiff and another attorney on the case. Because you're allowed, according to the law, if you have an enhanced concealed carry license to bring a gun into a state office. Plain and simple. That's what the law says. You're entitled to bring a gun into a state office if you have an enhanced concealed carry license. Game and Fish's response, we don't care. We don't care. We're the Soviet Republic of Game and Fish. I thought Game and Fish was supposed to be a bunch of conservatives. They like to go out and hunting and shooting and all that kind of thing. Oh, they're conservative. Until they become a bunch of leftist bureaucrats inside the office. You want to hear another leftist idea at Game and Fish? You go to Game and Fish shooting range in Mayflower and you put up a target. They give you targets, but you can bring your own. And they give you the bullseye targets and they're all right. But let's say you want to put up a target, what we call a bottle target. Not an actual bottle. It's a paper target in the shape of a bottle. Why shoot at the shape of a bottle? Well, because it looks like the outline of a person, after all. That's why you do it. Not hiding the ball here. So it's a bottle target on paper. Because when you train with a firearm, particularly a handgun... What are you largely training for? Hopefully an event that never occurs. But that event is if you would have to shoot a bad guy, a bad person, a human being. It's awful to shoot a human being. You know what's the only thing that's more awful than shooting a human being? Getting shot by him. That's the only thing worse than shooting someone. Getting shot by him. So that's why we train. A friend of mine is a recently retired federal agent and federal firearms instructor. He's shot hundreds of thousands of bullets in practice. You know how many bullets he shot on the job? 
or anywhere else, for that matter, at a person? Zero. Zero. You know what he says? Good. Good. I don't want to shoot anybody. And I was lucky. Meaning there's a lot of chance in that outcome, given that he was a federal agent for over 30 years. Or some, yeah, about 30 years, give or take. I think a little over. Good, he says. But yet he trained. Hundreds of thousands of bullets he shot. But Game and Fish says, you can't put up a bottle target. You can't put up a paper target with an image, a flat image, in the shape of a bottle. Why? Because that makes you a bad guy. You're practicing to shoot at people. You're a bad guy. We don't allow that kind of thinking here at the Game and Fish Thought Police. We don't allow you to contemplate shooting a human in self-defense. No, no, guns are only for target shooting, shooting deer, and shooting ducks. According to Game and Fish, they're telling you what you need to think. They are imposing their mind control on you. Government don't want you practicing shooting at a gun, shooting a gun at a paper target of a bottle. So you ain't going to do it here. Wait, what? Wait, what? I thought this is still America. I thought I can make my own choices. What's wrong with shooting at a paper target in the shape of a bottle? Answer me that question. Why has Game and Fish decided to tell me what's what? Is it dangerous at the gun range to shoot at a paper target with a shape of a bottle on it? No. So that can't be it. It's not like it's creating some inherent danger. I didn't put up a target made out of steel at a close distance in which bullets can bounce off, ricochet off of and hit me or other people at the gun range. So that's, that's not the objection. Think about this, folks. The objection is what you're thinking. This is thought police. The government at Game and Fish is telling you you ain't allowed to think about shooting in self-defense a person who's attacking you. Because that's the only point that they could object to about putting up a paper target otherwise physically identical to the paper targets that they hand out. But the ink is redistributed in a way that it's shaped like a bottle. They don't like what you're thinking. They don't like what you're saying. So the thought police is here to change that. We're going to eliminate that from your head. No, no, no. You only want to shoot concentric circles. That's what's important. Oh, you can put up a picture, by the way, of a duck. You can put up a picture of a pig. But you can't put up a picture of a bottle. That's the thought police that is game and fish. These are the people, by the way, that are telling you 
you can't bring your gun with an enhanced concealed carry license into the office at the gun range. The same people. You can't think the thoughts they don't like. You can't carry your gun in the location that you're legally entitled to carry it. Think about that as we take this break. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave this Friday morning here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Folks, we're talking about what's going on with guns in Arkansas and the ever-encroaching government seeking to undermine your gun rights, your God-given right to defend yourself. We've got an uber-conservative legislature now. There's no excuse for what's happening. And if this ain't fixed through my lawsuits and the legislature, this coming session, well, then it's time to look for new folks because we got a problem, and we got a problem right now. Game and Fish tells you you can't carry a gun in the office at the gun range? Why? Because they decided so. Because they made up the law. The law says otherwise, but they make up the law. So here's what we do, Game and Fish. Here's what we do, legislature. You come in, and you guys hold a hearing. And you call in Game and Fish. And you say, what you doing? And they give you some claptrap nonsense doublespeak with one of their paid lobbyists in-house coming to, to uh, stroke the egos of the legislators. And they say, well, you know, there's this and there's that. And we're confused and we don't know and don't worry about it and we'll take care of it. And here's what the legislature needs to do. Oh, nonsense! Nonsense! You either shape up or we're cutting your budget. The legislature is the ultimate oversight. You shape up or we cut your budget. Plain and simple. Oh, you think that's the rule? How are you going to operate when we cut your staff in half? How about we cut your staff entirely? We don't need a game and fish if game and fish is sitting there to interfere with our gun rights. Game and Fish is supposed to be there to enhance our rights to firearms, be it in hunting, be it at the gun range, be it in society. But Game and Fish is interfering with your gun rights. See how they react when their funding dries up. I ain't messing around, folks. I'm sick and tired of the constant interference with our gun rights. There's another law, another law that says officers of the court may carry guns in the courthouse, in courtrooms. So Chris Corbett tried to go into the district court here in Little Rock and they told him no. So we sued. So we sued. Why? Because it's the only language your bureaucrats know. How do I know this? Because even after we sued, you know what they said? Can't bring a gun in can't bring a gun in. The law says officers of the court. In fact, let me read you from that law and then tell you the ham-fisted response of Pulaski County attorneys. 
the made-up nonsense. You know, here's the thing. It's one thing to argue, well, this word means this or that word means that. It's another thing to argue make-believe. And that's what they're doing. They're arguing make-believe. The law says an off-duty law enforcement officer, excuse me, a law enforcement officer, either on duty or off-duty, officer of the court, bailiff, or other person authorized by the court is permitted to possess a handgun in the courtroom of any court or, or courthouse of the state. Let's go over that again. Here are the categories. A law enforcement officer, either off-duty or on-duty, an officer of the court, a bailiff, or any other person authorized by the court is permitted to possess a handgun. And you know what they tell you? They say an officer of the court refers to a law enforcement officer. Wait, what? Well, I just read you. Two clauses before it says a law enforcement officer, comma, off-duty or on-duty, comma, an officer of the court, comma, a bailiff, comma, someone else authorized by the court. Now, why would you say law enforcement officer and then later say officer of the court if it means the same thing? It doesn't mean the same thing, and everybody knows that. You've watched television. You've been alive. You've heard the phrase officer of the court. Everybody knows that means lawyer. It may mean other things, by the way, but it certainly means lawyer. So what does that mean? means a lawyer can carry a gun in the courthouse and in the courtroom. After all, lawyers do all sorts of things in the courthouse that nobody else can do. We get to walk in front of what's called the bar, that gate inside the courtroom, because we're the lawyers. Other people can't do that. Other people aren't permitted to do that. But lawyers get to do that. Good. Oh, well, you see, says the hacks. Opposing this? Well, you see, how are we going to know who the lawyers are? How are you going to know who the lawyers are? How do you know who the lawyers are when they come into court? Only lawyers are allowed to represent clients. Do you have people coming into court all the time pretending to be lawyers? If so, you better start screening for that. Besides, how are you going to know who the lawyers are? The Supreme Court hands out ID cards... I think for 20 bucks, you got to pay for the printing to lawyers. That's how you're going to know who's a lawyer. Ask them to see their lawyer ID. Same way. How do you know someone's an, a law enforcement officer? You ask them for their ID. But ooh, it's so hard to figure out, says the courthouse, says the attorneys in Pulaski County. We can't figure out who's a lawyer all of a sudden. You can't figure out who a lawyer is. You in the wrong business. Lawyers got ID cards. Lawyers show up to court all the time representing clients, and they're the only ones allowed to do it. If you don't know who a lawyer is already, you better quit right now and get someone competent in to take your job. We don't know. You know, it's this ongoing feigned ignorance. By the way, I say feigned. I don't know. The more and more I deal with government bureaucrats, maybe the ignorance is real. Either way, it gots to go.
separate categories. Law enforcement officer, officer of the court, bailiff, or other person authorized by court to permit it, to carry a gun. Here's the real rub. So Chris Corbin and I go to court the other day, and we go to Judge Fox's chambers here in Pulaski County Circuit Court. Our lawsuit was about going to the district court. That's a small claims court, misdemeanor court. So we go to the circuit court. That's the big court. Them the big boys. Judge Fox puts up his own sign or someone that works for him because it's only out front, his chambers. Maybe there's another one somewhere in the building, but they're not ubiquitous. And here's what his sign says. No firearms. It's a felony under state law for any person other than a law enforcement officer. Oh, we heard that one before. A bailiff. Oh, we heard that one before. And I'm going to come back and read you the rest of this lie after these words. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave here on 101.1 FM. The answer. Folks, we were talking before the break about how a judge here in Pulaski County Courthouse in the circuit court put up his own sign in front of his own courtroom. And here's what the sign says. It is a felony under state law. We're going to come back to that point, by the way. For any person other than a law enforcement officer, bailiff, or authorized officer of this court acting in the line of duty to bring a firearm. Wait. Authorized officer of the court? I just, prior to the break, read you the actual law. And the law says officer of the court. Doesn't say authorized officer of the court. There's the word authorized where it says and other authorized people. And it doesn't say officer of the court acting in the line of duty because that don't make no sense. What's an officer of court acting in the line of duty? An officer of the court is not a law enforcement officer. There ain't no line of duty. Or if there is, and there ain't, any lawyer in a courthouse is acting in the line of duty because that's what a lawyer does. He goes to court. So Judge Fox added in authorized before officer of the court to the list of people permitted to carry guns in the courthouse and the courtrooms. Authorized by whom, you might ask? By him, because he the law. And he the law, you don't tell him otherwise. How do I know? Because in the next section, he says, you are hereby notified. Really? Because when I read something, I already realize I'm hereby notified. But thank you for telling me that words written on a sign hereby notify me. Right? It's brilliant insight like that that keeps this country moving forward. You are hereby notified that by order of this court, any person unlawfully in possession of a firearm shall be deemed guilty. Deemed guilty? Wait, what? I thought if you are charged with a crime, you get a hearing. You get a trial. 
and then you're determined guilty or innocent pursuant to a trial. Oh, there have been plenty of environments in which you're deemed guilty without a trial. Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, you picked a dictatorship. That's true. But I thought this is America. That's what I thought. And I thought Arkansas is a conservative state that obeys the Constitution and your civil liberties. And the last time I checked, the Sixth Amendment guarantees you a right to a trial by a jury of your peers. Not according to what the judge wrote in the sign here. You will be deemed guilty. Deemed guilty of direct criminal contempt. What's indirect criminal contempt, by the way? Direct criminal contempt of court. The penalty for such direct criminal contempt shall be immediate incarceration. Lest you think you're getting a trial. Lest you think you're getting due process as guaranteed by the state constitution and the federal constitution. No, sir. Do not pass go. Straight to jail is where you belong. According to this judge. Go back to the beginning of the sign. It is a felony under state law. You know the state law that I read you that says that an officer of court, in addition to a law enforcement officer, in addition to a bailiff, can carry a gun in, in the courthouse? It says those not authorized to carry such a gun are, gu- are guilty, if so found, of a misdemeanor. So the very first line that declares this a felony, if it were a crime at all, is also incorrect. One would have to work hard to put more inaccuracies in this sign. But that's what happens when you make up the law. And too often in this society, lawyers are not willing to speak up about the wrongdoing of judges. Well, you see, you see, I'm going to have to go before that judge on another case. All right. But I ain't buying into cronyism and corruption wherein judges make up the law and lawyers are too afraid to say anything because they're in the club and they want to make sure that judge gives them a good ruling on another case so they can get their paycheck so they can get paid by the client I don't get paid by clients so far all the cases I've taken here in Arkansas I haven't gotten paid up front by anyone and by up front I mean there's always the potential for attorney's fees to be awarded by the other side or against rather the other side oh I'll seek that every day and twice on Sunday Folks, every day it's a struggle for you and me and every good Arkansan to defend himself. You've been reading in the paper what's going on. The horror show that is Little Rock and Pulaski County right now. Some 71 murders to date this year alone? That's more murders than we've had in this city in decades. 
But King Scott says, we safe. We safe. Let's go put on the Let's Get Lit Fest, which collapsed out from under him, of course. But we safe. Didn't you know? And the sheriff of Pulaski County, Eric Higgins, is busy buying popcorn makers and yoga mats instead of putting his people out on the street patrolling for drug crimes, patrolling for violent crimes, taking care of business. No, no, no. We're more interested in making sure people can do downward dog, you see. You can't make this up. What are we living in? San Francisco? What kind of leftist claptrap is this? It's time the people get their will expressed. It's time the people are made safe. The only way that's going to happen is if we throw the bums out and put in some new leadership. King Scott, gotta go. Sheriff Higgins, gotta go. We gotta elect Steve Landers. We gotta elect Paul Blue Keller. We gotta bring some sanity back to the city and the county. Because what we got now, it's a train wreck. It's an absolute train wreck, folks. You gonna go and vote? You better. If you don't vote this November, don't blame me. Don't blame me for the murders. Don't blame me for the violence. Don't blame me for your lack of gun rights. ASU, Arkansas State University, operates an arena. Not the football field, an enclosed arena. Now they play some games there, right? They have some, I think, basketball games. I know they have some volleyball games there. But they do other things in the arena as well. They recently had, for example, a business expo. Good for them, by the way. Sounds like a nice idea. During this business expo, someone with an enhanced concealed carry license went up, said, can I come in here with with my gun? I've got this license. Nope, they told him. And they got signs up on the doors. I went up and checked it out, by the way. I drove up and checked it out. And they got signs on the doors that say, no weapons. By the way, even that's wrong. To the extent that signs are permitted in Arkansas, when weapons are indeed prohibited, it's supposed to say no firearms. So they didn't even get that right. It says no weapons. At all. No exceptions. Now here's the thing. You can say no weapons by people without a concealed carry license. You can say no weapons by people with enhanced concealed carry. Excuse me. You can Let me rephrase that. I said it wrong. You can say no weapons for people with basic, the basic concealed carry license. There are two levels, basic and enhanced. But you can't say no firearms for folks with enhanced concealed carry licenses. Why? Because with an enhanced concealed carry license, you're entitled to carry in a state building unless, unless, in this instance, it's a hospital. Well, it ain't that. It's another building at UAMS. 
It ain't that. Or a sporting event is going on and you got certain certifications from the state police. Let's assume they got those certifications. I don't know they do, but let's assume they do. A business expo ain't a sporting event. And nobody can argue otherwise. And yet they turned away this individual from the business expo. Why? Because they're making up their own law. They've decided no guns for anyone at any time in the, in the what do you call it, stadium? I don't, in the arena. The arena. The stadium's where the football is. The arena is the closed building. They're breaking the law. I'm going to go meet with them this morning after the Dave Ellswick show. Because they asked to meet and I'm happy to meet with them. Now they got a fancy office overlooking the Capitol, in fact. ASU's office, main office, is in Little Rock overlooking the Capitol. Hmm, okay. Good digs if you can get them. So, what are they going to tell me? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Here's what I'm going to tell them. You take down the sign or we sue. Well, maybe. Nope. You take down the sign or we sue. Perhaps we. You take down the sign. Wait for it. Or we sue. Think about that as we go to these words. This is the Dave Ellswick Show and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Folks, we are continuing to talk about how government tries and tries and tries to chip away at your rights. They try to take from you what is yours. Every day. So far, in the last almost hour, we've talked about government stealing your right to self-defense. Why? Because we know how well government can defend you all the time. Wait, what? That doesn't seem right. No, government's your personal security guard. You know, like the rich folks have in their gated communities, driving around in their limousines. You're just as safe, right? Because you got a cop by your side at all times. No, that's not right. So you don't need to defend yourself because the government's there to protect you. Hey, that's... That's not right. Hmm. Maybe, just maybe, we should be allowed to make decisions for ourselves. And government bureau hacks should enforce the law as the legislature has already written it and the governor has already signed it. There's a thought. But since they ain't, guess what's happening? I'm suing them. That's what I do. I represent you in court for free to ensure that your rights actually exist. My father said over and over again, you have no rights unless you enforce them. Oh, you see, I've got the right to carry a gun into the office at Game and Fish. Do you do so? No. Why not? Because they told me I can't. Did you sue him? No. Well, I did. I did. You know what's going on in Jonesboro? Craighead County 
has a tax on their property tax for the library, like every county, all 75 has. I pay some sort of tax for the library here in Pulaski County. And we measure the rate of that tax in what are called mills, M-I-L-S. It's like one 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 thousandth of a dollar and then times some factor of the value of your property or something to determine how much your tax for the library is. I don't know what what mine is. Let's say it's a couple of hundred dollars. And you add that up for every taxpayer and the library gets millions and millions of dollars. All right. Well, in most counties in Arkansas, the tax rate for the library is one mil. It's at one, one thousand of some measure and it produces a tax that you pay. Let's say it's $200. I'm making up the number, but let's say it's $200. That's probably not too off of what you're paying. <clears throat> well, in Craighead County, their tax for the library is double that. It's two mil. And they collect over $4 million per year in taxes in Jonesboro and Craighead County for their libraries. $4 million per year for the libraries. So the good folks of Jonesboro and Craighead County said, you know what? We think that's too much. And they filed a ballot initiative so there will be a vote on the election in November to cut the tax rate in half so that the library up there at Craighead County gets a mere $2 million plus. Just $2 million plus per year. Now, I'm not here to tell the good folks at Jonesboro how they should vote on that. This city mouse is not going to tell those country mice what's what for them. I know how I would vote for myself. I'd cut it. Why would I cut it? Because everywhere we turn, another government body is squeezing another penny from our wallets. User fees, property taxes, sales taxes, alcohol taxes, gas taxes, taxes on cable and internet, a permanent highway tax devoid of legislative oversight embedded in the Arkansas Constitution. Just to name a few of the taxes we pay every time we turn around. You know, you watch those old movies like Robin Hood and you see the king coming around and squeezing the peasants for taxes. And the peasant, well, we don't have much food and we don't have many goats and how dare you take this from us? And we all sit back and say, that was horrible. What an awful time. What a despotic environment. And then you think, wait a second. I earn a dollar and I'm lucky I'm keeping 30 cents of it. How many goats make up 70% of my dollars? 
every time we turn, they're taking a bite out of our hindquarters. Every time we turn. So, I know how I would vote, but that's not the important point. Every person has their vote. And the folks up in Craigate County, they're going to make their own vote. Here's what struck me as interesting. What the library director said. She's quoted in the papers. She's quoted in the news. She says, if, we, if this happens, we're going to lose. We're going to lose a bunch of stuff. What are we going to lose? We're going to lose our programming, our outreach to nursing homes, to daycare facilities. We'll lose summer reading programs. We'll lose our after-school programs. And wait for it, folks, and this is what we're going to come back with. We'll lose some employees. With that, let's hear these words. the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Folks, before we have Chris Corbett join us in our conversation, I want to finish up this point that I had raised with you before the break, and that is this vote that's going to take place up there in Craighead County on whether to cut their tax collected for the library to a rate consistent with most of the state because right now they're paying double. And the response from the library director who says, we're going to have to cut this and we're going to have to cut that. And then she reveals the bureaucratic mindset in her last phrase. We're going to have to cut employees. We're going to have to cut employees. That's what really matters. Why? Because here's the thing. If you work in private industry, you demonstrate your success by how much money you make. But government doesn't make money, so she can't say, I made this amount of money for the company. She can say, I've got this number of employees. And the more employees, the more power, the bigger the kingdom. And if you want to cut the employees, well, that's sacrosanct. You can't do that. Now, when I was young, a library was about books. But you can't have an empire of books. You can have an army of employees. Government doesn't operate like private business. There's no bottom line. We don't value earnings. So what do we do? Public administrators laud their success through the opposite side of the balance sheet. The more they spend, the better they are. So they believe. We've seen this in academia. 
there's been an outright explosion in the number of what I call deanlets. Deanlets, you say? You know, it's like a chicken tender. It's not the full chicken breast. It's just the tender. What's a deanlet? That's the many newly generated non-faculty administrators charged with solving so-called problems that were previously addressed by the few academic deans we used to have, or more likely, undiscovered, meaning non-existent problems, that we've now found and solved by hiring yet another deanlet. How lucky we are that we discovered these unknown human frailties in desperate need of immediate attention at the same time that we found more government employees to hire to solve them. Congratulations. Welcome, Deanlet of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Here's your six-figure salary and well-appointed office. Now go solve the make-believe problem of rampant racism in the most leftist environment in the world, higher education. Are you serious? Are you serious? Let's bring Chris Corbett in onto this conversation. Chris, are you there? Are you with us? Yes. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Let me ask you this question. We've hired a bunch of deanlets of diversity, equity, and inclusion to address the non-existent problem of rampant racism in the most leftist environment in the world, higher education. And yet, here at the Bowen Law School, where we're hiring a new dean, incidentally, my views as well as yours are each of ours and ours alone and not necessarily of our employers, and in my case, that's the university. So we have a committee of 15 people. I don't know if that's a committee or a Congress, but in any event, we have a committee of 15 people, 11 of which are either current or former employees of the law school. 10 current, by the way. They have every African-American professor and administrator for a total of three on that committee. You know how many Jews they have on that committee? (laughs) Give a guess. Where's the diversity, Rob? Give a guess. Zero! (laughs) You know how many Jewish professors we got at the law school? Five. Five Jewish professors. Zero on the committee. Diversity. The committee is the Go ahead. committee of what? Yeah. This Diversi- is. Com- Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's the diversity committee? No, it's the committee to hire the new dean. The committee to hire the new dean. Yeah. And they have zero Jews, notwithstanding the established case of discrimination already that took place. Zero Jews. Well, you see, Chris, the problem is that diversity, equity, and inclusion don't include the Jews. The Jews don't need to apply because they ain't included in the diversity, equity, and wait for it, inclusion. <laughs> right? Well, well, you know, it's you had you mentioned two things about the propensity of the government to grow mm-hmm. and combine that combine that with um you know administrators out there making tons of money well the dean makes a quarter million dollars the dean makes a quarter million dollars in the work yeah it's a it's a uh i remember 
uh, years back when I worked for the highway department. It wasn't the highway department per se, too, but they, they had a, you had a budget. They give you a budget. If you don't spend the budget, you return the money. It's not like you were. It's not like they allotted you. They put it in your checking account. But if you didn't spend it all, then it shows that you definitely don't need an increase. So it's a weird uh, dichotomy in the government. Like you, you're you're rewarded not for saving money, but you're rewarded for spending spending all that was allotted to you. Then you apply for a little increase. And um, yeah, I see you know, this library issue you have up there. They're going to cut. They're going to cut the taxes that the library gets because dollars a year. That's a good question. Think about that as we yeah. take this break. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave here on one hundred one point one FM. The answer. Chris Corbett and I are discussing what's going on in Craighead County, and we're discussing this notion of diversity equity and inclusion let's focus on the latter for a moment chris all right explain to me because i'm too ignorant to follow on my own explain to me how these leftist environments like higher education that bow to the gods of diversity equity and inclusion have established a 15 person panel 10 of which are from the law school currently, one of which is formerly from the law school. And in those 11 people from the law school, they have every African-American professor and administrator for a total of three. But they couldn't find a space for even one Jew, even one Jew on the whole panel. And there are five Jewish faculty members at the law school and they couldn't find space for one Jew. Explain to me how that's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Or, as in the famous book called Animal Farm about communism, maybe some pigs are more equal than others. (laughs) Right. So you tell me, how is that possible? Uh, it's a farce. It's a complete farce. But it's not, and, and they should be called out on it. I hope you, I'm, I'm sure you have called them out on it. And um, this diversity, equity, inclusion thing has just gone way too far. It's like we're trying not to hurt somebody's feelings. Racism's bad, right? Okay, um, but we want we want the best and the brightest teaching our future lawyers here in Arkansas. And um, if if we're having to make choices based on race, then that's called racism. And so I, what the, I get the goal, I assume the goal of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee is to make sure that people of all races and colors and uh, have a chance. Um, but it seems to me that they're just they're just it's just a farce. They saying one thing and doing another. That's what we call it: talking with a forked tongue. Chris, the dean of the law school makes a quarter million dollars a year in Arkansas. Not bad money if you can get it. Yeah, well, the, the propensity of the government to grow. You know, Twenty years ago, um, let's see, thirty. Oh gosh, thirty years ago, when my buddies were coming out of engineering school, you didn't want to take a government job because it didn't pay enough. 
um, this is engineering specifically, but I think it's flip-flop. You can go make a fine living in the government. Get off at 4 o'clock and have, what, almost four weeks or six weeks of vacation right the day you start. They're great jobs, and there's pockets of excellence in there. Um, but there's a lot of waste and abuse that goes on. Well, it's even worse than that. You know, I've raised the issue. We filed in claims commission about the awarding of named professorships at the law school. In that description, we discuss how the dean awarded herself another year on her own $10,000 stipend named professorship. Outrageous, Rob. How's that possible? Outrageous. Hey, I just gave myself a pay raise. Good for me. See, you saved... That's efficient. Quarter mil's not enough, yeah. Chris, that's efficient. You don't seem to understand. Why actually have oversight when the person can give him, him or herself their own raise? Nothing's more efficient than that, right? <laughs> hmm? Maybe not. Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe my definition of efficiency is a little bit broken. So this is what we are constantly faced with. We're faced with claims of diversity, equity, inclusion, but only diversity, equity, inclusion of the type that the left likes. No Jews on the committee. There are more Jews at the law school on the faculty then there are African-Americans, yet every African-American faculty member and administrator is on that committee, and zero, zero Jews are on that committee. How does 15 people make a decision? How does 15 people come to a, um, uh, an agenda or a plan? I exactly. can't imagine. I, I, it, that, that baffles me as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like herding cats at that point. Oh, yeah. How do you, right? And everybody on the committee is a lawyer? Because like, everybody's got an opinion then, well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get- Not everybody on the committee is a lawyer. Not oh, everybody. Okay. Well, because our, well, our, the, the, the dean lit uh, for fundraising at the law school has an associate's degree. She makes more money than me and most faculty, mind you. But she's on the committee. Oh. She must raise a couple million bucks every year. Oh, I'm... Sure, it's been relatively flat, even from the amounts that we raised before she was there. But okay, sure. I'll take your word at it. Right? Right. Because a non-academic, non-lawyer with an associate's degree makes more than most of the faculty. That's what you call equity in salaries. Isn't it? Hmm, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I'm using the wrong word. Equity is not... Doesn't seem to apply now, does it? Yeah, I mean, you could have a whole show on equity and equality. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that prior before. Mm-hmm. And the committee quality when someone's getting more. It's not equality when somebody's getting more. Right, right. Um, Chris, you you uh, you driving in uh, this morning because you know. Yes, we got a second hour, don't we? we not only have we got a second hour, I told the audience about our meeting with the good Fantastic. folks from Arkansas State University. Yes. 
What do you think about what's going on there in terms of their arena? They told you as an enhanced, not directly, but their sign tells you that you're not allowed in the arena with your gun, with your enhanced concealed carry license when they're doing, say, an expo or anything other than a sporting event, which they are permitted pursuant to law to prohibit people with guns from coming in. Tell me how you feel about that. Rob, it's outrageous, and let me tell you why. What it tells me, some laws, the government, some laws don't matter. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by, they, they just make these rules up, they throw them out there, and it's impinging my rights as an Arkansas citizen. And not only is it impinging on that, it's the government disarming me. I feel more comfortable with my weapon. I feel more comfortable with it uh, concealed, right? No one knows I've got it. Uh, but if I go to work, every week I deal with it. Every week, if I want to go into a courthouse, I can't go. And because it, they, they just they shut me down. Now they've got this arena up there in Jonesboro that they're having not a public event at, but some sort of private meeting. Um, and it's a... Yeah, there's, we've got some rules on the books, but they're taking the rules and they're making them squishy and what they say they are. This is typical government bureaucrats getting in the way of your rights and making stuff up. And, and I, I've got a duty to do something about it, Ron, just because they, they will come down on your heart. It's like you're fighting an 800-pound gorilla. Well, as I, mentioned, three as I mentioned before you joined the show... We're going to meet with the folks of ASU, and I suspect they're going to tell us what we think we're allowed to prohibit guns at all times. I've already told them they're wrong. But the beauty of America, and I'm sincere about this, is you're allowed to be wrong until someone tells you you can't be no more. Right. So well, they'll, they'll, that's what we're going to I do. Predict. Yeah. yeah. I Go predict ahead. they're going to do nothing. Right. And um, once they do nothing, I'm letting Dave's audience know we're filing suit. Oh, yeah. We don't play oh, yeah. around. Well, you know, I, I don't well, understand these lawyers, Chris. They write letters. I'm going to write another letter and tell that person who's breaking the law to continue to stop breaking. To I told you last time to stop breaking the law. I'm going to tell you again. Yeah. Stop breaking the law. That's like the security guard at the mall, who says, stop, or I'll yell, stop again. <laughs> right? Well, Rob, it, 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 it's, it's dumbfounding me. It literally makes me grow stupider. Like, That's a challenge. No, right? it's too easy. Right? Um, <laughs> Do they really believe what they're, what they're putting up there? Do they really, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. That's or a good they, question. Or are they just having to tow the company line? or having to tow the government line? Let's get to make this clear. The other day we were in a courtroom, and there was a sign. The judge slapped up outside the courtroom. He's manipulated the statute. He's manipulated the statute. He's added words to the law and made up his own law. Okay, so here's the deal: if this law doesn't matter, then why do they? Why do any of them matter? Right. The guy who's supposed to be enforcing the law took the law, rearranged the words for his own personal benefit or at least a preference, 
and slapped it up and said, this is the law, and you go straight to jail, do not pass go if you violate it, and you're guilty of a felony, even though even had you violated the law, which you're not, it would only be a misdemeanor. It's almost as if he could not get more things of that law wrong if he tried. If he tried. Rob, every and all three of our lawsuits, we were, were fighting uh, the city, the county, and the state. All of the judges turned us down. Every one of them. They're all on appeal. That's right. And the Supreme Court already told us on the one case they've decided, when they sent it back for a procedural matter, yep. we're right on the law. The Supreme Court already yeah. told us we're right on the law. Yeah, finally. Yeah, finally is right. By the way, that was in a concurring opinion because we couldn't get that opinion out of the main body. They were too focused on the procedure. Yeah. There seemed... There's one of the most... Go ahead. Dangerous cities in the United States now. Yeah. In Little Rock, in Plassey County, law-abiding citizens are being disarmed. That's right. They choose to conduct a little business and go into City Hall, go into a game and fish commission office, go into a government building. You... You've got to be disarmed. But Chris, you a gun nut. <laughs> you crazy. Why do you need to be carrying a gun? You're yeah. just a nutcase, ain't you? Think about that yeah. as we take these words. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're talking with Chris Corbett. Chris, just before we took the break, we were talking about guns on the ASU campus. In particular, how ASU has illegally put up a sign that says, no, they say no weapons. It's not even the right sign. The statute articulates what sign can be put up. You know, maybe I should go off on that tangent just slightly for a moment. And that is... ASU claims that they are complying with the law that allows them to prohibit guns in certain circumstances. They're not. They're not. But they claim they're complying with the law, and they ain't even got the sign right. The requirement for a sign to prohibit guns when you are permitted in limited circumstances on government property to prohibit guns The law itself, the statute as written, says you must put up a sign that says no concealed firearms. And they say no weapons allowed. No, I mean, it's just it's just emblematic of the problem that we see when government officials think they make the law instead of apply the law as written by the people's representatives, the legislature, and signed by the governor. So what are we yeah, going to do at this meeting, Chris? Well, I mean, here's what, here's what just blows my mind, is that the, uh, the state is, uh, the attorney general's office is considered one of the largest law firms in the state with 177 employees working wow. over at the, in the attorney general's Yeah, so they've got, a, they've got an army of lawyers over there and um, you would think they could get it right. You would think that that many lawyers could read the law. I mean, that you, U of A, uh, they can call up and get an opinion and um, 
see what's going on. But matter of fact, what's even wild, on top of all that, there's an attorney general's opinion that supports what we say. This is what the law means. This is what it says. This is how you put it in place. There's attorney general's opinion right on point. And um, there's three liberal judges that have ruled against us. Just decided to put that to the side and said, oh, that's not what that means. Well, so just to, now, just for Dave's audience, yeah. of course, we, we knew. We took these cases into Pulaski County. Right. We know that the judges in Pulaski County are leftists. We knew we were going to mm-hmm. lose in the trial level. We waited yeah. back. We made it to the Supreme Court and have been sent back to the trial court for some procedural issues, which is fine, whatever. Right. But in doing procedural so... Procedural tripwire. It was a procedural tripwire. Yeah. In doing so, the concurring justice said, we're right on the law. That's about the case in which you are allowed to carry your concealed weapon into City Hall. And right. we have a hearing coming up on that. And so that's going to be an interesting hearing because now the judge, as far as I can tell, doesn't have any recourse. Now, he might still rule against us. Then we're going to win at the Supreme Court. That right. we know. Right. That we know. Now, hopefully we'll win at the trial level. Hopefully the judge will say, irrespective of his own personal opinion, we win at the trial level. Because the law is the law, and his job is not to make the law. His job is to enforce the law. That's right. So we'll see. But if he says no, we'll go to Supreme Court. This is one of the problems. When the legislature passes laws, they do their job, but that's their job, to pass the law. And afterwards, someone's got to enforce that law. And the bureaucrats know that the legislature, legislature... doesn't enforce the law. It's not their job. So whose job is it? Well, as you point out, I would have hoped that the attorney general would have more input. Now they do, to be clear. This attorney general has written good opinions on what is enforceable and what is not enforceable. But I don't know. Can't the attorney general take one of the state agencies to court if the state agency is not complying? I don't know, to be honest with you. That's a good question. Right? Why can't they sue? We, why are we the ones that have to sue? We're doing it because that's what we yeah. do because yeah. we're public interest lawyers seeking the good for the great people of Arkansas. But why ain't the attorney general helping us out? Right. Well, I don't know the answer to that. Other, Maybe there's an answer. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it just happened the other day. I saw that um, three or four laws were ruled unconstitutional on the, uh, the election ballot. Right. I, I don't know much about it. But essentially, they were denying the Libertarian Party access to the ballot hmm. um, through some either rules the Secretary of State enacted uh, through a couple laws, and um, they got shot down. So you know, these, you could pass a law, and it can be unconstitutional, but someone's got to challenge it. And if, if, if people, good people don't stand up and challenge it, then you're going to look up and you're not going to have any rights. You're going to look around and go, hey, wait, what happened here? Of course, that's like the old famous poem from World War II, where it said, well, first they came for the communists, then they came for the Jews, then they came for what were called the gypsies, now called the Roma, then they came for the homosexuals, then they came for this, then they came for that, and when they came for me, there was nobody left to defend me. <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. What's going on, man? 
or they they just keep inching up. They keep getting bigger. the The propensity of government to grow is unbridled. Government is like kudzu. It's pretty when it's in your neighbor's yard, but when it starts to take over the trees and pull off the clabberds and get in through the windows, you got yourself a problem. And what do you got to do then? You got to trim it back. And when we trimming back kudzu, we doing it with a chainsaw, not a weed whacker. That's right. It's time to go to town. Yeah, and it's not easy, man. It keeps coming back, right? How many how many roadblocks have been put in front of us, Rob? How many? That's all they do. And they're fighting us tooth and nail in the court. Tooth and nail. So simple. The, the, The rule and the law and the books is so simple. You read it and go, "Oh, I understand that." Wait, no, that's not how. That's not what it says. Okay. And how many times have you heard government bureaucrats say, "Well, we only." seek to employ the law we would never bend it for our benefit i heard that all the time regarding the foia when they tried to weaken the foia well let's put exception for this well don't you know that exception could lead to this abuse we would never do that yeah hogwash request right on point you were arguing it about um labor to review videotapes yeah video shot by the government I've been denied access to it because it's going to cost my client $250 because they claim there's eight hours of videotape. At, so at 25 bucks an hour, they get it's, a, it's an impediment to a record. No, you get the first three hours dollars. free, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there we go. And um, so we're going to see what happens on that. Um, and every time they, they take a, a little restriction on you and they expand upon it. Yeah, just it's to like, be clear for Dave's audience. Yeah. Because I help write the law. I help write the law. The law says that the government can't charge you for labor for any public record. Let me repeat that. The government can never charge you for labor for a public record. When it comes to a video, they can charge you for the video based on the length of the video. Now, how long it takes them to dig it up. Why? Because then it's make-believe. Well, it took us 118 hours to edit that document. What? Right. It's based on the number of hours of video that you request. You get the first three hours for free, and you can make the request. Give me the first three hours, and it's always free. Right? But if you want all the hours, well, then you get the recording, and you see how many hours of recording are on there. You know, you hit play, and the first thing that pops up is the counter, zero out of the total number of hours. And that total number of hours, not the labor it took to produce the hours, thank you very much, is all they can charge you for. And by that, we ensured no wrongdoing by the government actors. And yet the first instance in which you have sought to actually get a recording under this law and the government bureaucrat where where's she out of she out of the police department conway police department conway police department I'm trying to get some video yeah i'm trying to get some video that uh, the conway police may or may not have i didn't know what was out there send me all the records regarding this traffic stop and they come back and say well, there's eight eight hours of tra- eight 
eight hours of video on a traffic stop. Say, wait, what? How can there be eight hours of video on a traffic stop? Was your guy arrested? No yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so the cop, who only works an eight-hour shift, yeah. started his or her shift by arresting your client and then spent the next seven hours and 59 minutes of his shift with your client? Yeah. Is wow. that what they're saying? Wait, what? That's what they're saying. It's unbelievable. And we'll, need, we'll need 250 bucks for you to look at. What was, what was your client arrested for, Chris? Oh, he was, uh, had a beer, young yeah, man. DUI, DWI kind of thing? And, yeah. Yeah, blew a .05. Well, That's the record I'm looking for. Blew a .05. Wasn't, I mean, yeah, he had a beer. You know, here's the funny thing. I did a ride-along with the Little Rock Police a little while back. Very nice guy, young guy. Smart guy. And the first call we went on was a car accident in the, involving someone under the influence. Yeah. It took us four hours. And then he went back to the station to spend the next four hours doing paperwork. And then I, so I left. I said, well, I don't need to sit around and watch you do paperwork, yeah. right? Right, right. But that was a complicated DUI. We went to the hospital twice. Twice. We were at the scene of the car accident. And that Ooh. was only four hours. But you got eight hours, yep. allegedly. Think about that as we take this break. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. And I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave here on 101.1 FM. The answer. Chris, we are talking about government overreach. It seems to be the story that we always come back to. But yet each example is different. Every time we come on the radio. More and more. Every time. Right? Yeah. And so when we meet today with the good folks at ASU, and by the way, I'm happy to say they're good folks. That's not the issue. It's not about good or bad. It's not about the good old boys. It's not about the club. It's not about going along to get along. Or, yeah, that's right, right? Going along to get along. <laughs> it's about, you see, I can't even get the phrase out because that's not in my lexicon. Government overreach is everywhere, Rob. We're overtaxed. We're overregulated. Occupational licenses. Uh, every time you turn around, we're paying some sort of tax. We're having some sort of restriction on our rights. It's just uh, people are, are starting to get upset, and they're going to do something about it. You can't, be, you can't put your thumb on folks, good, hardworking folks, and expect them not to react. And then an attorney like you, goes to the Conway Police Department, makes a Freedom of Information Act request for recordings of an arrest, and they tell you there are eight hours, wait for it, eight hours of a recording for an arrest? Am I supposed to trust the government? Should I trust the government, Rob, and just say, okay. Well, we're going to find out. You're going to get the recording. And if oh, yeah. there ain't eight hours there, or if four of the eight hours are the cop playing solitaire, then you should get your money back. <laughs> and you better tell them that. Right. And by the way, we tell them once. And after we tell them, and they don't comply, 
What does Chris Corbett and Robert Steinbeck do? We sue them. Right, we're filing suit. We sue them. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, could, and then there's a potential for attorney's fees. And that is so a lawyer can take the case, right? That's right. That's right. And then they fight you on that. They fight you tooth and nail on that. Well, that was, I wrote an op-ed just the other day in the Dem Gaz about the law firm Denton and Zachary. They won the case against the government when they were right. misappropriating highway funds, violating the law. And they won. They won. And then they, they go in time. and they say, now, according to the law, we're entitled to attorney's fees. Oh, no, 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 says the government. You're not entitled to attorney's fees. You can't get attorney's fees because there's a part of the Constitution that says you can't sue the government for money. They said, well, we didn't sue the government for money. We sued the government right. under a separate provision that says the government needs to return the money to the correct fund that they improperly took it from. We won on that. They returned the money. And incidental to that separate provision in the Constitution, we're entitled to attorney's fees. We weren't suing for attorney's fees. We want it incidental to our right to bring what's called an illegal exaction claim. Right. That's what the attorneys say. But the government don't want to pay because that's what they do. <laughs> that's right. what they do. So again... Well, it's just so idiotic. Right? Yeah. Every time... It's just so idiotic. Every time. Every time I'm faced with a government attorney saying, oh, who wants to change a law? comes down to the legislature and lobbies, get this, lobbies for less oversight under the Freedom of Information Act, for more opacity of government behavior. And I go in there and I say... a big word there, Rob. Oh, yeah. I go in there and I say... Isn't that the opposite of transparent? There it is, baby. Guess what? Guess what, Rob? I can't see behind her computer screen. I can't see that there's eight hours of video. She just stated it. Am I supposed to take that as truth? Oh, okay. So you've done the research. You've got the documents. But you won't send them to me until I send you a check. Yeah. We're going to find out. Yeah. And so every time they come down to the legislature and they testify... We need less oversight. By the way, do you know that the government pays, pays with our tax dollars to have legislative liaison in the government? These are government employees. That means lobbyists. So think about this. We pay the government to set up a department, Department of Education, the Justice Department, whatever it is. And then we pay for those bureaucrats to have a permanent lobbyist go down to the legislature and do what? Ask for less money? No. Ask for more money. <laughs> ask for less, uh, um, ask for more oversight under the FOIA? No. Ask for less right. oversight under the FOIA. And yeah. we're paying for it. We're paying for the government to hire lobbyists to protect the personal interests of bureaucrats against your better judgment and against what's good for the public. And we're paying yeah. for oh, it. They're, they're lobbying to have laws written that benefit the government. And by, ben- you, by you benefit the that? government, let's be clear what we're talking about. Yeah. By benefit yeah. the government bureaucrats at the expense of the people. 
Right. Hey, I talked about this before. We fund in the millions of dollars the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, there you go. which gives a bunch of giveaways to big corporations. Not mom and pop shops, by the way. Mom and pop shop, you know what you're told? Go out and compete. We don't pick winners and losers until we do. Right? This is the hypocrisy of the conservatives at this moment. I call out both sides, baby. We don't pick winners and losers until we pick a big national out-of-state corporation to throw a bunch of tax breaks to that we never give to the mom and pop shops here in Arkansas. So we pay them millions of dollars, but it gets even better, Chris. Then what do they do? They write a check to the private lobbying group, the Chamber of Commerce, and the Chamber of Commerce endorses and pays candidates to run. You know, they donate to the campaigns. So we're paying, right? We're paying for the cronies to pick the people that are going to funnel the money Back to the cronies. We pay for the people who are endorsing candidates who will eventually vote to pay those same people. It's a circle circle of corruption. Folks, you know, we're going to take a break now for an hour. We're going to come back at the 9 to 10 hour to complete the Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And until then, we wish you a continued good morning. Stay tuned for the next hour, and be sure to stay tuned from the 9 to 10 hour for the remainder of the Dave Ellswick Show. Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave this Friday morning here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Folks, a little public service message before we get into the topics of the day. If you don't use a water pick, and it doesn't need to be a water pick brand water pick, but that's what we call it, like we call Band-Aids, Band-Aids, you should. Go and buy one. You can get one for 25 bucks. Go buy one and use it. It'll keep you healthy. Folks, there is so much going on in Arkansas, in the news. And I'm trying to stay on top of it and convey these notions to you. But there's one common theme, and I talked about this in the earlier part of the Dave Ellswick show this morning. And the common theme is our need to be constantly vigilant against government encroachment on our freedoms. How does government encroach on our freedoms? Well, they overtax us. We don't have the freedom to spend our money as we see fit. Now, I'm not against government, and I'm not against government taxation. But as I said previously, government is like like kudzu. You don't monitor it, you don't trim it back, and it will win. 
It will take over. It will crush you. So taxes is one issue. The other issue that we talked about this morning on the show is how notwithstanding that when the legislature passes laws, for example, those laws that deal with enhanced concealed carry licenses and other gun rights for our Kansans, bureaucrats thwart those laws. And so I'm going to tell you, as I touched upon this morning, about the two additional lawsuits that I'm going to bring. I currently have three lawsuits regarding guns. And we have two more coming. What are the three lawsuits that we have regarding guns? Chris Corbett, who entered the studio a moment ago, is a plaintiff in three lawsuits. One, we're suing the court in Pulaski County, the district court in particular, albeit the implications are much broader. When they told him he can't carry a gun in the courthouse, notwithstanding the law that says officers of the court are entitled to carry guns. And last time I checked, an officer of the court is a lawyer. That's one lawsuit. Lawsuit number two. Chris Corbett, with his enhanced concealed carry license, tried to go into City Hall. And City Hall told him, no dice. But the law says that public buildings, state and local, are open for carrying firearms to those people that have enhanced concealed carry licenses. And guess what? Chris Corbett has an enhanced concealed carry license. And they said, we don't let you in. They had a whole bunch of defenses, by the way. Oh, the employees are afraid. I don't care. I don't care. Remember that line? They're afraid of what? Yeah, exactly. They're afraid it's of you. concealed. Right, it's concealed. That's you a good can't point. see you it. You can't see it. What are you afraid of? <laughs> Ghosts? My teeth. Right. They're afraid of my teeth. But it's also, it's like that line from that movie uh, with the U.S. Marshals. I forget the name of the the first one. Like the second movie was called U.S. Marshals. The first one. Lonesome Dove? What are you talking about? Not Lonesome Dove. What kind of <laughs> half-baked answer? Kind of... Women's, uh, you know, romance nob- novel you referring to? Dirty Harry. That's better. <laughs> no, I'm talking about you know every outhouse and cat house and and hen house got to be searched. The Fugitive. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! That's a great movie. Of course, it's a great movie. Harrison. Fo- oh, that's a great right. movie. So Tommy, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Tommy. Oh um, man. Uh, oh, you're as helpful as yeah. I am. So he says, uh, when Harrison Ford says, "I didn't kill her." And and um, the U.S. Marshal says, I don't care. Yeah. Right? That's not my job. That's right. And so when I'm told that a bunch of delicate daisies working in City Hall somehow are afraid of Chris Corbett secretly bringing in a firearm, because as he just pointed out aptly, it's concealed. So what are they afraid of? The ghost of Chris carrying a gun? But any of it, when I'm told that they're afraid that Chris Corbett's carrying a gun in City Hall, my response is exactly the same as the U.S. Marshal in the movie The Fugitive. I don't care. Yeah. I don't work for you. In fact, you work for me. Well, the underlying the underlying uh, uh, words not spoken there is, we're the government. We're here to protect you. Um, 
We don't. You don't need to be able to defend yourself. That's what we're here for. Yeah, right. I've never been involved in an active shooter situation, but let me tell you, uh, it sounds awful, uh, and that's the last thing I want is to be unarmed because some government agent says I can't carry my gun. Um, and can it happen? Maybe. Well, can it happen? There's 71 murders in the safe city of Little Rock. Yeah. Year to date. Right. And we ain't finished a year. I, it's we still right. got the remainder of the quarter left. Yeah. And 71 murders. I, I've called city officials and asked about it. I've written letters. I've written emails. You know what I, You know what their response is? What's that? Well, crime's up all over the nation. Oh, okay. I feel Cr- better. Crime's up I all over. I feel better. Yeah. Crime's up. Don't you know? The crime's up all over the nation. Well, there's nothing we can do about this. Well, then give me my money back. Yeah. Well, how about not restrict me and my ability to defend myself if I'm confronted well, it, it, with well, somebody with a gun? That's such a good point because you say crime's up across the nation. And what, what can we do about it, says King Scott, etc. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask you to do anything about it. Yeah. I'm going to do something about it. That's right. I'm well, going to protect myself. It's 100%. Protect yourself. And what's, what's even more outrageous is that they... They are on their, you know, gilded thrones and sitting above um, us, the the citizens in the well. Well, the city council sits up there and opines and talks, but they they do nothing. What have they changed? What have they done? Nothing. You don't feel safer? 71 murders later, you don't feel safer? I understand. They're doing absolutely nothing. They're saying, let's spend some more money on some after-school programs. Oh, they want to increase taxes. They just lost... Yeah. A, a vote right. by the population, by the citizenry, yeah. to increase the tax, sales tax, and then going for it again. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm all for um, helping out kids. I'm all for spending a little money on after-school programs. But you know what? That, that's not the problem. The problem's the family unit. Uh, my wife in college, when we met, she worked an outreach program. She got a grant. She managed the money. She used the money to go play kickball with kids in an underprivileged neighborhood, underprivileged uh, subsidized housing. And guess what? Those kids didn't have a two-parent home. One was out working, and one was never even seen a kickball. And, um, you know, it's, it's outrageous to think that you can spend a ton of our tax money on after-school programs to fix a crime problem. That's not going to happen. It's a it's been a it's been a twenty or thirty year process of government getting involved, Longer. handing out checks for having more kids. I, I've seen it firsthand. If if you're a an unwed mother, the the government incentivizes unwed mothers. That's what happens. And if you want to ask, you want to ask me more questions on that, please do because I used to operate a bunch of rent houses in Rose City, and I saw it firsthand that they get checks for having babies out of wedlock. It's bad, and this is not a racial thing. It's in a it's a it's a, a societal problem where the Democrats are buying votes. They're buying votes, Rob. They're handing out money, and that's where we are right now because of inflation. Inflation is for two reasons and two reasons only. Government spending and the oversupply of money. The interest rates have been too low, too low for too long, and the government's spending way too much. That's why when you go to the grocery store, you spend $150, you get one bag of groceries. It's outrageous. And then King Scott here, Mayor Scott, wants to raise your taxes. Chris, you don't seem to understand. <laughs> Let me give you some explaining, because you clearly don't know. You're ignorant. <laughs> you ignorant, and I'm going to educate you. Okay. Okay. First of all, 
I see you sitting across from me with that pumpkin head <laughs> and that potato white skin of yours. <laughs> and as a consequence, I knew you grew up with privilege, you see. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Right? Because your first job out of college. My were, first job was Paperboy. Your first job was Paperboy. That's and, right. And, and you moved up to hauling trash. I did. <laughs> I did. You I were, still have my CDL. You were literally a trash hauler. Yeah. Well, that's, if I've never heard the emblem of white privilege. Right. That's it. Yeah. You're a trash hauler. Yeah. And so obviously, you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Now, you may, you may have found that spoon in the mud. Underneath the dirt, in between the dirty diapers, when you were hauling the trash. That's right. But you found yourself a silver spoon, and you've been living a high life ever since. That's right. Ain't that right? It's called hard work, baby steps to success. Yeah. 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 25-year overnight success. Exactly. <laughs> you know, when I was in college, I worked at a local marina, local boatyard. You know what I did there? I tied up the boats. Right. I cleaned the toilets. Nice. I hauled the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, white it, privilege. Yeah. Because my it, parents were immigrants, came over here with $50 in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Can you my, imagine the yeah. courage that took? Yeah. Can right. you imagine? On a boat, of course, right? And, and they had brain. a suitcase? On a boat. Everything they owned. Yeah. In a suitcase. That's it. Maybe. You know, That's it. Backpack, whatever. You know. Exactly. I can't, I can't imagine. The guts, the chutzpah, the chutzpah. <laughs> chutzpah. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that would empower someone to do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have that capacity. Is it, Can it, you? Could you pack up right now? Hey, you got three hours. Mm-hmm. Pack your stuff. You're going. You're leaving. Well, wait. What, in, where? In, in 1939, when my father I lived read, at, in Warsaw, yeah, and it had already been invaded by the Nazis, yeah, occupied by the Soviets. Time to go. That's what they did. Yeah, they and packed they, up. You know where they went? Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, and. It's amazing. They sew. They sewed. They sewed valuables into their into the hems of their clothes they were wearing. Put their diamonds in there. They, this was, um, uh, you know, a, a chance to survive. But that's what my guts. That's what my other grandparents did when they left Germany. Right. In nineteen thirty three to thirty five, somewhere in that range. Right. They got on a boat. They sewed some coins inside a jacket. Yeah. And they left in the dead of night. White privilege. You know, um, white privilege. What's interesting about that is I I see these. Um, we have we have a lawful immigration policy, and folks want to come over, and we welcome them. But legally, come over legally. The reason they want to come over is because there's opportunity here in America. Um, if you take, literally, I mean, just for an example, folks here in America are richer. Even the poorest of the poor are richer Probably. than kings back Hold in the 1600s. Thought. Hold that know. thought. We'll come back after these words. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave here on 101.1 FM. The answer! In the studio, of course. Chris Corbett is with me. We're talking about government behavior. And we're talking about government attacks on our individual freedoms. Government so, attacks that impinge on your safety. Yeah, Indeed. So I was outlining, as I did this morning, it's a partially a repetitive, but it's an important point. The three lawsuits that we have currently yeah. to enforce our gun rights. One for guns in the courthouse. Two for guns in City Hall. Three for guns, wait for it, wait for it, in the office at the Game and Fish gun range. 
Yeah. Of all of all three, it really is the most ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's th- just like, really? So, And, you know, they have the racks outside of the office at the gun range for you to leave your gun unattended, if you yeah, like. Unattended. It, there's no sign that says, do not leave gun unattended. Yeah. There's a sign that says, don't bring a gun inside of our office where we're carrying guns, but you can't carry a gun. <laughs> That's right. But outside... Where the civilians are, yeah. you guys can have a shoot 'em up or whatever you want. Yeah, just leave your gun unattended. It's outrageous because it's about quote safety. Oh yeah, they're fighting tooth and nail, man. It's about safety. We just filed, we just filed the brief in the Supreme Court. Was it last week? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Outstanding piece of literature, as far as I'm concerned. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's real simple. I think we wanted to. Uh, I think we wanted to write in a brief, uh, just a one-liner. This is simple, folks. Read the law. That's period. it. That's it. Um, and we but, got two uh, more gun cases coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we sat down. We talked about it. And it's like, hey, look, they're not, they're not paying attention. Um, so every sign that I see, every place that I'm going that has some sort of rule posted that's Illegal. not according – Illegal posting. Yeah, illegal, but it's not according to the law. I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. That's right. right. And let me tell you, let me tell you, the other day I was going in the Pulaski County Courthouse. I'm parking my my mobile justice bus, my van. The and, wheels um, of justice I got, I drive see a guy, to you. Yeah, I see a guy walking up wanting to wanting to ask for a few bucks, and, and I'm suspicious. I'm innately watching his hands. Her hands are in his pocket. He's got baggy clothing on. It's hot. You know, it's hot. And he's got a sweatshirt on. It doesn't seem right. And I just tell the guy, you know, don't get close to me. But I didn't have my gun on me. Why not? I don't know why I didn't have my gun why on not? me. Why not? Because I was heading to the courthouse. Because you've been disarmed yeah. by the lefties in the courthouse. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so it, it's a problem. I mean, it's a problem. And something needs to be done about it. And they need to follow the law. If they don't like the law, they can call their legislator. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hey, they got a bunch of liberal legislators here in Pulaski County. Yeah. They just outnumbered. Right. That's right. They just outnumbered. And um So that's how see that's a leftist idea of democracy. If you can't win in the ballot box, you just make up the law. They make it up all the time, Rob. If we spent literally just took a month and just started reading laws. I guarantee you, we can make a living off suing the government mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. unconstitutional actions that don't comply with the laws that have been passed. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the executive branch. That's right. Um, I see it. I see it in the in the newspaper all the time. Somebody somebody takes up a cause, they find a plaintiff. You've got to have somebody willing to step up. The first question they ask: Ooh, are they going to retaliate against me? Is the government going to retaliate against me? Maybe they might. Are they going to come inspect my home? Me maybe. We'll see. I just I want to do process uh, cause of action just just recently. You guys shut down a, a business without due process. Due process is a big deal. And well, but I don't understand, Chris. Uh, Judge Fox put a sign up in front of his courtroom. Says it's a felony to bring a gun into the courtroom. First of all, it's a misdemeanor. Right. Then he rewrote the law literally. Literally. Literally, and said instead of officers of the court are allowed in, it says. Authorized by him, of course, yeah. officers of the court. That's right. And only if they're on official duty. That's right. What, what, what's the official duty of an officer of the court? No clue. What exactly does that mean? No 
Yeah. So he rewrote the law and put up a sign. And then he says, if you do this, straight to jail you go. Hey, what? what hmm? Where's the due process? Give me oh, no trial? Gone. Give no me trial. No trial? 60 days. 60 days. He even listed the sentence on there. That's right. And that's the other thing, right? Oh, here's your minimum sentence. Yeah. Right? Minimum. Right. He just established all this. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he's, he's the king uh-huh. of his courthouse. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. We're suing. Yeah. Now, now We're this filing is, suit on that. And this is what's wild. So we so we see it in the executive branch right. with Barry Hyde and the management of Pulaski County buildings. Right. Now we're seeing it in the judicial branch. Of course. We're seeing the lawlessness in the judicial branch. The two branches of government that don't write laws don't like that they don't write laws. So what do they do? They rewrite the laws written by the legislature. Right. Oh, we're going to just write our own version. Yeah. Well, you mean you're going to change the existing law? Well, as we apply it. Yeah. As we tell you. That's the key right there. As applied. Just like the FOIA that got changed, that you disputed, this is going to cause people not to get records. So are you for transparency or are you against transparency? Will this hurt transparency in government or this will this encourage transparency? Wait, you're going to charge for something that may or may not be there? That's what happened. And And now in practice. What you're talking about is the fact that the law now says... That the government could charge you if they turn over a recording per hour of the recording. Yeah. And the government, the first thing that happens now that that law was just passed in Conway by a law written by the great senator from Conway. Right. That says you can charge for the hour of tape. They, The Conway Police Department says we're going to tell you how many hours it takes for us to produce this and then we're going to charge you for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly the opposite of the law that Jason Rapert wrote. Exactly the opposite of the law that Jason Rapert wrote in Conway, where Jason Rapert is the senator. Yeah, and now in practice, they've taken it and limited the ability of my client to get some videotape that basically, in my opinion, proves his innocence. Well, here's the other thing. They tell you there's eight hours of tape for an arrest. How can there be eight hours? What they do? Arrest him, set him free, and arrest him again? Yeah. How right. do you spend eight well, hours so, arresting a guy? So here's 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 the question: If you want to operate from a set of values, Democratic, Republican, whatever, do you want transparency in government? Do you want to know what your government's doing? Do you have the right to know what your government's doing? The answer to that is yes. That's the only way there's going to be any checks and balances on their actions. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Folks, guess what? There's some more news, because there's always news. And guess what? These crony, hack, corrupt, insider, lobbyist groups are out to get you again. They're out to nail you again. Led by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce. Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce. I've never seen a bigger bunch of hack crony corporatists than the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce. If the State Chamber of Commerce says go left, you know what you should do, Chris? Go right! <laughs> go right! Yeah. And the Arkansas Farm Bureau, isn't that a, well, oh, is that a government agency? No, it's a bunch of insurance hacks. Right. The Arkansas Farm Bureau is a bunch of insurance hacks 
sidling up to the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, which is a bunch of crony capitalists. <laughs> they have formed a committee against the proposed constitutional amendment that would allow the legislature to call itself back into session. Here's what the legislature does if it calls itself back into session. It stops things such as the governor penalizing small businesses that weren't acting like mask police. That's right. The governor, when he's trying to mandate masks or vaccines or anything of the like, that's what calling the legislature does. It brings the voice of the people back into the operation. So they're against it. They're against it. Randy Zook sitting in there in his 120 uh, uh, string uh, set expensive Italian suit <laughs> when I testified against him in the Arkansas State uh, Senate, it was, right? Yeah, he liked to use the word team. Oh, the team. The team. The team. I'm not sure if that was... it Was uh, that him or Tyson? Yeah, I think it was Tyson. Oh. They got a lot of teams. They got a lot of teams that strap you down on a table and jam a needle in your yeah. arm. Yeah. That's the kind of team they got, right? Randy Zook, president and CEO of the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and co-chairman of Arkansas Against Issue 1. Folks, if the Chamber of Commerce is against it, you should be for it. <laughs> Besides, you should be for it anyway. (laughs) The legislature should be entitled to call itself back into session. He said, we're hoping to mount a mid-size figure effort. You know what he just said there? What is that? You know what he just admitted there? We're going to pay some money. Uh We're going to start doling out the Benjis to make it happen. (laughs) Because we are the crony corporatists. Stanley Hill, Vice President of Public Affairs and Government Relations. Don't you love it? Vice President. What was it again? Government uh, Affairs uh, public and affair. Public Relations. Public Affairs and Government Relations. Who's he get his paycheck from? Yeah. From the Farm Bureau. Oh. From the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. By the way, you know what that is? He's not biased, is he? No. Public Affairs and Government Relations. You know what that is? Lobbyists and lobbyists. There you go. There's another co-chair of the committee. He says, our legislature already meets once every year. Well, that's not exactly true, by the way. He's already wrong. His first word out of his mouth, and he's wrong. Right? Because it meets once every other year for legislation, and on the off years, only for finances. They meet once every year, plus one or more special sessions called by the governor most years. The special sessions are for the issues raised by the governor. The whole point of this proposal is the legislature gets to raise some issues on its own. That's right. So he Thanks. said his claim is exactly the reason you need to vote for issue one. There you go. I agree. These hacks. <laughs> oh, and here's... Oh, here... But don't you know, Chris, you see, this overpaid bureaucrat who lobbies for a living against the interests of the good, hard-working citizens of Arkansas 
says, our legislature already meets once a year, plus special sessions caused by the governor. That's enough to take care of the business of the people, says he. You know, wait, so just on a general level, is this give more power to the people or take away power from Exactly. People? It's simple. Exactly. This is simple. And what does it do? It gives more power to the people. That's right. Here's what he says. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Voters benefit. This is... This is from the... Here comes the lie. Here uh, comes the slick-tongued... Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me hear it. The snake oil is for sale today, (laughs) baby. Let's hear it. They greasing the skids on this one. Voters benefit from having a truly representative citizen legislature. And if issue one passes, making it harder for the average Arkansan to serve, we will move even closer to a full-time legislature. Oh! (laughs) Yous is taking care of the people is what you're doing. This is taking care of the people. God bless you. You know who said that? Randy Zook. So that you know. that that uh, that Italian suit wearing, slick tongue talking bureaucrat. Say that one more time. That's a slick little statement. That Italian suit get, wearing, yeah. slick tongue talking bureaucrat who gets paid. What's it? Did we look it up once, Randy Zook? I don't know. I don't remember. I, I think it's paid hundreds. Bucks. Of thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Easy. Every year. To do what? To lobby against your interests. That's right. To lobby for big corporations against your interests. So what he said is that the legislature is more representative, but this will move us closer to a full-time legislature. Therefore, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. It's bad if we have a legislature that, that comes in when it needs to. Because yeah. in the absence, guess who's in control? Randy Zook and that fellow that's from Tyson's. A, that's actually a false statement. Every word of it yeah. is false. You couldn't be more false. You'd come back round on right. That's how wrong he is. It's unbelievable. That's like I, three. Wait, is that three lefts? That's three lefts. He coming back round on right. Yeah. I mean, this guy has wrapped up in a paper bag with a bow on it, yeah. a heaping pile of dog manure. Yeah. That's what he's wrapped up. And he's trying to sell it to you like it's a bag of popcorn. Yeah. That's unbelievable. State Representative Fran Kavanaugh from Walnut Ridge, uh, the House sponsor of the proposed amendment, said in an interview that issue one is aimed at balancing the power of the legislative branch with the power of the executive branch. Amen, brother. Yeah, right on. We need... Where's Walnut Ridge from here? Um, I, You know what? I don't know. Okay. Well, there's well, a neighborhood, but, but he's no, not no, no. from... No, no, it's not Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a town. That might be towards yeah. Fort Smith. Towards Fort Smith. Maybe, we're we're going to drive over there, and we're going to take Representative Fran Kavanaugh out to lunch. Yeah, he's on to something. Oh, he's on. Here's what he said. It's not about us coming in more often. Right? What is it about? It's about coming in when they need to come in. Exactly. Right? During the 2021 regular... Oh, no, that's pretty close, 25 miles from here. Oh, okay. Walnut Ridge, okay. Whereabouts? Um, We're going to Walnut Bridge. Is that where he lives? Uh, well, yeah, that's where he's from. Okay. That's his district. It's, it's towards Pine Bluff. Turn Pine Bluff. Yeah, towards Where you're from. Yeah. We're going. Yeah. It's not about us coming in more often, he says. During the 2021 regular session, Kavanaugh said the onset of the coronavirus pandemic in 2020 brought up unprecedented issues and that calling their own special sessions would allow state lawmakers to be more responsive to their constituents. That's what yeah, he just remember said. what happened, folks. They started yeah. fining yeah. small businesses. That's right. They collected, what, 60 they, grand? Yeah. Who did? The administration. That's the right. governor. That's right. Without the approval of the legislature. That's right. 
That's they shut the down difference. churches. They shut, shut down, down churches. Right. That's right. Man, right. The strip club on. stayed open. Yeah. Right. But the churches, the bars, they got to go. The bars. Yeah. Man. Right. He says, this is the uh, Kavanaugh from Walnut Ridge. For me, it's not a poke in the eye of our current governor. No. She said, okay. Oh, uh, the, uh, what's what, this? This. Um, what, what's her name again? Fran Kavanaugh. Fran's a, Fran's a woman. Because it could be a man or, you know, the name Fran could be a man or a woman. It's a woman. So it's not about a poke in the eye of our current governor, she said. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, issue one would permit the General Assembly to convene in an extraordinary session by joint written proclamation of the Speaker of the House and the Senate pres- President, or by the submission of signatures of two-thirds of the members of the House. Oh, so it's not easy. Just, not just one yeah. person. No. That ain't easy. Well, of course it ain't one person, right? right? Of course right. it ain't one person. Unlike what one person did in the executive branch and said, mask mandate. Yeah. One person. Lawmakers would be required to state the reason for the session. Once the purpose is accomplished, the session could be extended by up to 15 days by two-thirds majority of both chambers. Under current law, only the governor can call a special session yeah. and... He sets the agenda. Well, does that it, sound like democracy? Yeah, no. And the supermajority is not easy. No, that's what basically two thirds of supermajority. Yeah. Hold that thought, Chris. We're going to take a few words and then come back after this. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave here on one hundred one point one FM. The answer, folks. I have been talking to you just now about this issue that is coming up on the November ballot, issue one, to allow the legislature to call itself back in session. You need to vote yes. You need to vote yes on the ballot initiative to allow the legislature to call itself back into session. In part, but not entirely, simply because we know the Chamber of Commerce is again it. The big business representing Chamber of Commerce that has no interest in local small business, that has no interest in the lives of everyday Arkansans, that has no interest in the pipe fitter, the worker, the, the employee at Tyson's. Remember what Randy Zook said when I testified against him in the Senate here in Arkansas. Alan Clark, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, said, you are seeking to, uh, to have business mandates for vaccines. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, we is, says Randy Zook. So if you're going to mandate the vaccines, will you pay for the extended coverage of those who are vaccinated who wind up with an adverse reaction? Let's be clear, folks. Let's be clear. That's very few people. I'm not one of those, oh, all these people that were having exploding hearts or can't have children or whatever the claims are. Whatever adverse reactions there are, there are very few of them. But there are some. And so Alan Clark said, you're going to mandate vaccines. You're going to pay for the side effects for those few people that have them. It ain't a lot of people, so it ain't a lot of money. Oh, well, 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 oh, you see, you see. Right. All of a sudden, we got Foghorn Leghorn sitting up there saying, well, well, I, I say, I say, I can't answer that question right now. <laughs> That's what Foghorn Leghorn, Randy Zook, had to say. I say, I say, I can't answer that question. Well, I can answer that question. You in for a penny, you in for a pound. You mandating an injection, you 
are mandated to pay for the side effects. I'm as interested in having Randy Zook stick a needle in my arm as I am about him giving me a forced colonoscopy. I don't need him forcing anything inside of me. I don't care what the hole is. (laughs) What do you think of that? I got to agree with you on that, Rob. Sounds bad. Sounds bad, don't it? Sounds bad. Here's what here's what the Farm Bureau paid lobbyist says. Since our state's government was reorganized in 1874, only the sitting governor can call for special session. It's a system that has served our state well for almost 150 years. Yeah. Oh, don't you see? That's just because I've always been doing it that way. That's it. That, that, that's a great excuse. That's it. Well, should we change that? No, because we never changed it before. You see. Yeah. Right. Can we can we invent cars that fly? No, because cars drive. Can't invent a flying car. Could we never done that before? Right? This is from the paid mouthpiece lobbyist for the Farm Bureau. Yeah, you wonder Which what is, happened. to be clear, the Farm Bureau. Yeah. They're a bunch of insurance uh, and salesmen. How, how many times, be interested to know how many times something's passed the legislature with a supermajority, two-thirds? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Rare. Right. Rare. Would, right. would they agree to call back in the session? That's right. Oh, you see, we don't need a permanent legislature. Permanent right. legislature? The question is whether the legislature, on occasion, can call itself back into session for a few days. Yeah. A few days. Yeah. Chris, so, when wh- the governor called the legislature back into session last time, Right, meaning he employed the, the same mechanism at issue here, but he called it. Yeah. You know how many days it was in session? Three days. Three days. Three days. Yeah. That's a permanent legislature. An additional three days. So is who are you lying to? Yeah. So so for this to actually, if issue one passes, which I hope it does, there would have to be the speaker of the House, which is the leader of the House, and then the Senate pro temp, which is the leader of the Senate, would have to agree on some language, and then it'd have to get a two-thirds vote in both houses to, to reconvene a legislative session. Yeah, that sounds like a permanent legislature to me, doesn't that ain't it? Anywhere, that ain't, that's that's going to rarely happen. Once every four years, if you're lucky, yeah. for three days? Yeah. So let's say if, they wanted, if that power existed now, could they have reconvened... Um, to shut down what the government did on the mass mandates. Yeah, that's I, the point. I, I can't tell you that that would have happened. I don't know if the legislature. Well, I don't know if they would have done it, but yeah. they could have done it. Right, right, for three days. Oof. And these fear mongers are out there, right, in their slick Italian suits and their forked tongues, yeah. selling you a bag of lies that we are creating a permanent legislature, a full-time legislature. That's a lie. It sounds more power to the people. I'm for it. That's it. Issue one is about restoring power to the people, taking it out of the hands of the crony corporatists that are embodied by the Arkansas Chamber of Commerce. there's There's a limited amount of time even when they come into session biannually to get stuff done. Oh, yeah. They're in session for three months. That's it, man. Three months every two years they're in session to write new laws. Yeah. Three months every... That's permanent? That's permanent? That's a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. um, You got to... Especially for like a new legislator. They just finding out where the bathroom is and the Coke machine is. That's right. You think they're going to come in there and be effective? That's how the chamber... That's how the chamber of commerce... And the Farm Bureau 
uh, insurance salesmen like it. Yeah. They want to roll over the legislators. Right. Do you know that lawmakers in 36 other states have the power to call themselves into special sessions? There you go. 36! 36 That's states! That's an interesting piece of uh, research. Right That's there. right. Yeah. 36 states! So we we behind the curve again. Just wait... Thank God for Mississippi yeah, is exactly. all I can say. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what I'm talking about here. And, by, um, and, and, and this is exactly where the Chamber of Commerce and the Farm Bureau insurance salesmen want to keep you. Under their thumb. That's exactly right. In a corporate town. Yeah. Right? So you have no say. When you live in the corporate town, you use the corporate money, not real money, and you buy from the corporate store. Yeah. Right? And Ooh. then... And then what happens? Who do you complain to? There ain't no government to complain to. <laughs> Go to the legislature. It ain't in session. Right. They see a problem. They want to call themselves in session. You know what happens? Nothing. Because they can't unless we pass issue one. That's right. If we don't pass issue one. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And these crony corporatists are trying to snow you. Yeah, now they're going to spend some money on negative ads. Oh, yeah. They'll do something. Oh, you They'll heard spend some money. We're going to spend a bunch of money. Uh-huh. A bunch of money. Yeah. And you know who finances them, by the way? Tyson's. Yeah. Walmart. Right. Uh, J.B. Hunt. You know? And the I, Economic Development Commission. Yeah. Yeah, you found, Arkansas, that, you found that check. The Arkansas Economic Development Commission is a public entity. And they're writing checks. Writing checks. To the chamber for awards, right? For awards. Like $25,000 a pop. Yeah. A pop. They're writing checks to the Chamber of Commerce. Are they having parties? And they, Randy Zook is going in his 120 thread count Italian suits <laughs> to the legislature with his forked tongue speaking double speak. Yeah. That's what we're getting here. And we're paying for it. We're paying for it. (laughs) Folks, there's a a storm brewing. And the storm that's brewing is called democracy. And you're going to hear ongoing about that storm here on 101.1 FM, The Answer.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.